Today, uh, we are going to wrap up a series that we began last Sunday entitled Running in Circles. And really, the heartbeat of this whole uh, series is really about the importance of having healthy, godly relationships and making sure that you're running in the right circles of the right kind of people uh, that are helping you move toward really the vision and the passion that God has for your life. So we're going to just revisit a couple thoughts real quick. And if you're a, a note taker and you got an outline this morning, and if you uh, have never checked out the YouVersion Bible app, if you go to the YouVersion Bible app and look under events, uh, there's a link there to Liberty Church, and you can download the sermon notes from every Sunday uh, as they're available online, and you can get those, save them to your phone, put them on a computer or laptop uh, if you're an avid note taker. But if you're taking notes this morning and you look at your outline, we've got a lot of information to cover today, so we're going to jump right in here. Let's just revisit a couple of thoughts. We said that now more than ever, the church needs to be unified. Because unity is power, and as believers, we, as believers, to live a life of victory, we can't choose to run alone because none of us, we can't choose to run alone because none of us are really as strong as we think we are. Romans 12, verse 3 through 5 says this, Because of the privilege and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Because just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function. How many know that every person in this room has a special function to play in the part of the body of Christ? Amen? And that's why we got to be unified, because you have a special function. You are a special part of the body of Christ. Look at verse 5. He says, and so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Right? We all belong to each other. And as you just saw our small group promotional, we just launched small groups last week. I want to encourage you again, get in a small group. If you're not in a small group, I want to encourage you, find one. We have online groups if you're not able to gather together, but we would love for you to get in a small group. Why? Because we belong together. Amen. We were created for community and nobody belongs here more than you. And what I love about the local church and about the body of Christ is this is sometimes we go through seasons where maybe we don't feel like we fit in our own family, but we always fit in the local church, right? I've talked to so many people that have broken relationships and broken family ties, and they don't see their mom or their dad or their brothers or their sisters. Here's some good news today. The good news of the gospel is that God created a place called the body of Christ where you always belong and you always fit, and nobody belongs here more than you. This is really a belonging place. And the good news is, is God can heal those rifts and those divisions in your family. And God can rebuild bridges. But God can use the local church. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Even our own lives. Kelly, who grew up in a very abusive home and did not have her father active in her life, was able to find spiritual fathers in the church, individuals that loved her and encouraged her and supported her. And we've seen that happen over and over in our lives and the lives of other people because you belong here. The power of the local church is this is a place where everybody has a place. Amen? And you belong to the body of Christ. And so this is the heartbeat, really, of the local church and the gospel. So look at that next point. We said that we need strong circles with other believers in our lives that we can trust, whom we can fight with, and who will have our backs. Community and fellowship with others is how we continue to grow and stay filled up, right? So we need each other. We said that if we don't fight and run together in circles, we will literally find ourselves lost 
and running in circles. When we decide to fight and run alone, we are vulnerable to the enemy because seclusion kills. And we recognize how that one of the greatest schemes of the enemy is isolation, separation, and seclusion. If Satan can deceive you and isolate you and separate you, then he can keep you in a very vulnerable place. Because I said this last Sunday, if your voice is the only voice that you're hearing, you're in trouble. Because we need voices of truth in our lives and we need other people because sometimes we get blinded by our own issues and struggles and challenges and the more that you are alone and disconnected and separated from other people, the more easily it is to become deceived and believe the wrong voice. I mean, think about it. How many times have we talked ourselves into things that uh, immediately after doing it, we knew it was the wrong thing to do? Why did I buy that? Why did I do that? Why did I go there? Why did I say yes when I wanted to say no? Why did I say no when I wanted to say yes? And all of a sudden, it's amazing how that we can talk ourselves into things that end up putting us in places we really never intended to be. So we need to make sure we refuse to run alone. We say that God is with us wherever we go, but we still need to be in healthy relationships with others. No matter who you are or where you are in life, we can all learn and glean from each other. Can I get an amen on that? No matter who you are or where you are in life, we can all learn and glean from each other. And when we come together, guess what happens? We make the church better and we make the church stronger. So let's look at that first point on your outline for today. So when the church is stronger, our world is better. Amen? When the church is stronger, our world is better. When you think about righteousness, peace, and joy, Jesus said, or the Bible says in Romans chapter 14 that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. You think about when there's righteousness, peace, and joy in your family, your family's better. When there's righteousness, peace, and joy on your job, your job is a better place to work. When there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the government, the government's a better place. Come on, righteousness, peace, and joy. We need some kingdom of God in our government today. Amen. The world is a better place. When the church gets stronger, when we unite together, when we connect in community, and guess what happens? And we strengthen one another, and we build each other up. When the church gets stronger, the world becomes a better place. And let me just say this to you today. You cannot make the world a better place apart from Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the nations. Amen. Look at the rest of that statement. Christ is the cornerstone of our strength. When we have thriving relationships and strong circles, it strengthens the foundations of our lives and the church. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21 says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. And you are members of God's family. Amen. Welcome to the family. We are members of God's family. So together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. And we are currently joined together in Him, being a holy temple for the Lord. When we have thriving relationships and strong circles, guess what it does? It strengthens the foundations of our life. Because let me give you a characteristic of a good, healthy relationship. Good, healthy relationships connect you to the cornerstone of Christ. 
Good, healthy relationships connect you to the cornerstone of Christ. The Bible says Christ is the cornerstone and we are the house of God that is being built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. One of the characteristics that you can clarify, how is it, how do I know is this a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? Is this a godly relationship or an ungodly relationship? It's really simple. Does that relationship connect you to the cornerstone of Christ? Because if that relationship is not connecting you to the cornerstone of Christ, then it probably won't help you grow up into the maturity and into the person that God has called you to be. Now that does not mean, let me pause for a second, that does not mean that we don't have relationships with people that aren't Christians because Jesus was a friend of sinners, amen? We need to connect with people that don't know God. We need to reach out to people that don't know God. We need to build bridges and relationships with people that don't know God. But when it comes to the people, hear me, when it comes to the people that are speaking into your life, when it comes to the people that are influencing your decisions, when it comes to the people that are setting the direction of your future, those people need to be connected to Christ and connected to you. Because we have all seen the danger of what happens when you run in the wrong circles. It is really, it is really sobering and scary to think how quickly someone in the wrong group of circle, in the wrong group of friends, the wrong circle of influence can go from being in a good place to being in a detrimental place. We've seen it happen, right? We've seen it happen maybe in our own lives, but we've seen it happen in the lives of other people. People that were seemingly doing good, people that were running the course, people that were pursuing God. And in a matter of days, weeks, and months, they go from living a life of consistency for Christ to living a life of immorality away from Christ, all because they began to run in the wrong circles. And so I need to make sure that the people that I'm connecting to are connecting me to Christ, who is the cornerstone. Because if I build anything other than on Him, I'm building on a faulty foundation. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. All right. Y'all with me this morning? So as a holy people, look at that next point. As holy people, it matters who we run with. It's the company we keep and the foundations we build that determine whether or not we will stand. This is why we need different layers, levels, and types of circles. Because the focus of each circle must be on loving God, loving each other, and getting better together, right? It matters who we run with, the company we keep, and the foundations we build determine whether or not we will stand. Proverbs 27, 17, we know this scripture is iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And this is what I've recognized, and you know this to be true. People that are, you are in relationship with, your relationships are either sharpening you and making you the person God has called you to be, or they're weakening you and drawing you away from Christ. There really is no middle ground. There is no such thing as neutral relationships. Every relationship you had is either sharpening you to make you the better person God has called you to be or weakening you and drawing you away from Christ. So we have to guard our hearts and we have to make sure that we're circling around with the right people. And then that little statement there, I want you to think about that. We need different levels and layers and types of relationships. Let me tell you why you need different levels, layers, and types of relationships. Because you are complex. You're complex. Your life is not just spiritual decisions. Your life is not just relational decisions. Your life is not just financial decisions. Your life is not just marital decisions or parental decisions or a single person decision or who am I going to marry decision. Your life is full of all kind of complex decisions. 
and you are confronted and I am confronted on a daily basis with an overwhelming reality that our lives are complex. And we are constantly facing things that we never thought we would have faced. I mean, who would have thought a year ago, who would have thought on January 1 that COVID would be in America today? Who would have thought on January 1 that we would be living in the new normal that we're now living in today? Who would have even imagined? None of us in this room would have ever even thought that when we kicked into 2020 that this was going to be a year like no other year that we've ever imagined with fires burning down the West Coast, with riots breaking out in our city, with a pandemic shutting down the nations of the world. Because here's the realization. Jesus tells us that if you don't build your house on the rock, he says you're going to crumble and you're going to fall. Why? Because he says three things. He says that the rains fall and the floods rise and the winds blow. And I think about that in my life. And here's the realization. There are things that come down that we never imagined. There are things that come up that we never saw coming. And there are things that come against us that we did not see happening. Why is it important that we have different levels, different layers, and different types of relationships? It's important because there's constantly things coming down, there's constantly things coming up, and there's constantly things coming against us that we in and of ourselves may not be prepared to handle. But through Christ, number one, He's the source of our strength, but through the body of Christ, we now connect to people. Here's the good news. This is what I found out about being a part of the body of Christ. I can never go through something that somebody else hasn't already overcome. See, when you're really connected to the body of Christ, you can never go through something that somebody else hasn't already overcome. Our church is full of testimonies. Testimonies of victory, testimonies of overcoming, testimonies of people coming out of every facet, every form, every challenge, every struggle, every sin, every issue that you can imagine. And guess what? You are not alone. And we need different levels and layers and types of relationships because we're constantly finding, finding ourselves confronted with things that maybe we've never faced before but somebody else has. And we need people that are good at relationships and we need people that are spiritually minded and we need people that are financially minded and we need people that are business minded and we need people that are good with their kids and we need people that are good with their teenagers and we need people that are good. All these different facets of life that help us navigate through life and that happens through community. Don't live your life as an isolated island when you are created to be connected to community. Amen? Look at that next point. So to maintain our integrity, our strength, and pursuit of maturity, we need three different types of circles in our lives. The first is an inner circle. An inner circle is a thoroughly vetted, closed-off, confidential group of two to four people that we can tell anything and everything to total transparency at all times. We need an inner circle. Now what's interesting, we're going to talk about three circles that we need to run in, and we're going to see that Jesus Christ had all three of these circles. I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 25, excuse me, Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 36. The Bible says, Then Jesus went with them, speaking of the disciples, to the olive garden called Gethsemane. And he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. Verse 37. And then he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and became anguished and distressed. 
And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And then he went on a little further, bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I want you to see this. Jesus had an inner circle. And if Jesus had an inner circle of friends that he could be totally honest and transparent with, then you and I need that. Amen? If the Son of God needed somebody that when the rubber hit the road and he was facing the most challenging, difficult moment in his life, he pulled himself together with Peter, James, and John, who was his inner circle, and the Bible says he became anguished and distressed in front of them. He didn't do it in front of the twelve. He didn't do it in front of the multitudes. He didn't do it on Sunday morning when he was at church. He definitely didn't do it on social media. Can I get an amen? Do not express your anguish and distress on social media. Let me say it one more time. Do not express your anguish and distress on social media. You need an inner circle. You need two, three, or four people. Jesus had three. You need an inner circle of friends. You need a vetted group of people, individuals that have been proven tested and tried, people that have walked with you through the storms and the trials and the tribulations of life, and they have consistently loved you, and they've loved you enough to speak truth to you and tell you what you needed to hear even when you didn't want to hear it. Those are the people you need. You need those people in your life. And here is Jesus, the Son of God. He goes to the garden with 12, and he says, Guys, y'all stay right here. And then he says, Peter, James, and John, y'all come a little bit further with me. And he walked a little further, and he became anguished and distressed and said, My soul is deep and troubled to the point of death. So you need some people that go a little bit further than everybody else goes. You need those people. And if you're a man, you need men. And if you're a woman, you need women. Now, Kelly and I have an awesome relationship, and we genuinely are best friends, and we share our lives together. But I'm just going to tell you, she's an awesome wife, but I need men. And I'm a pretty good husband, but she needs women. Let me go ahead and make a plug right here. If you are a man and you're not connected to our Band of Brothers Men's Ministry, today's the day you need to get connected. And if you're a woman and you're not connected to our WOW Women's Ministry, today's the day you need to get connected. Why? Because men need men. We need men that are going to walk through us. We need men that we can be totally transparent with. We need men, and women need women, that you can share your heart and your deepest struggle and know they're not going to judge you, they're not going to condemn you, and they're not going to treat you any different tomorrow than they treated you today. We need those kind of people in our lives. And that's not everybody. Let's just be honest. That's not everybody. That is a chosen few. And the only way you can become a part of somebody's inner circle is you have to be invited in. You don't get to join that group. It is invitation only. And you as men and you as women, all of us in this room today, and those of you watching online, we need to be purposely pursuing God. Who are those people that have proven themselves to be the kind of people that I can be honest and transparent with, get real with? Why? Because i got to get real so I I can get free sometimes. Because until you get real, you won't get free. Now let me flip the coin for just a second. I want, I want, I want to give you another challenge to go along with this. Once you have that inner circle of friends, I want to encourage you to do something. And you've proven them and tested them and vetted them out. This is what I want to encourage you to do. Once you have those people, trust them. And let me tell you why that's important. It's important because we're not all like Jesus. 
Jesus was anguished to the point of death, the Bible says. He ends up praying and sweating great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, he was under overwhelming stress, the most stressful moment of his life. And in Jesus' most stressful moment, you know what Jesus says? Not my will, God, but yours be done. Now, let me tell you what I know about me, and I'm going to make an assumption about you. When we are stressed to our limits, we don't always follow Jesus' example. We don't always say, Lord, no matter how hard it is, I want to do your will. Typically what happens when we get stressed to the point that we feel like we're going to die, instead of looking for the will of God, we look for the easy way out. And many times what the devil presents as the easy way out is you just need to quit. Just quit the family, quit the marriage, quit the job, quit the church, quit this, quit that. Just quit and walk away. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's not worth it. And you need a trusted inner circle that when you want to quit and come short of the glory of God, there's somebody there that's praying for you. There's somebody there that's encouraging you. There's somebody there that's standing with you. There's somebody there that's saying, come on, let's press for the will of God. What does God say? What does God desire? What does God want you to do in this moment? Let's not cop out for the easy way. I've been there, done it, got the t-shirt, and it's a horrible way to live our lives. Come on, everybody. When we cop out and quit because it's hard, instead of pressing through to do what is right in the eyes of God, the victory is always on the other side. Amen? And we need those people. And then when you get those people, let me encourage you in this. Trust those people. Let me tell you a little funny story. So Kelly and I, uh, through NRP, connected with a gentleman. He was in his late 50s, probably 60 years old. Uh, he had been in pastoral ministry for many years, and uh, his wife passed away on him. Well, within about a year or maybe two years, he had started dating, and uh, he started dating this lady that he thought he wanted to marry. And he went to his three closest friends, his inner circle, and he said, guys, I'm about to propose to this woman. What do you think? And all three of them said, it's the worst decision of your life. Whatever you do, don't marry her. Don't do it. You're blinded. You're emotional. You're lonely. You're missing your wife. Don't do it. And this 60-something-year-old man said one of the hardest things he ever did was to honor the advice of his inner circle. And he broke off the relationship. A couple of years later, Brother Rod is glad to brag on this. A couple of years later, Brother Rod hooked him up with a lady he ended up getting married to, and they had a wonderful life, praise God. I think that's a funny story, because when you're 60-something years old, you don't think you're having to ask permission on who you're going to marry. But what I think is awesome about that story is here's a 60-something-year-old man who had walked with God long enough to know the value of his inner circle. To know that sometimes we get blinded by our own emotions and our own feelings and our own desires. And even though they're not sinful or evil or perverted, they're still sometimes wrong. And he told us, he literally, this gentleman literally told Kelly and I, he said, I am so thankful that I listened to my inner circle. Because the woman that he ended up marrying, they lived an amazing life together. They built the kingdom of God together. 
And he was able to continue to move forward in what God has for his life. How powerful. So when you find that trusted inner circle, trust them. They're not God, but they're trustworthy. Amen? And you can trust those people. The second circle we need is a small group. Small group is a circle of 5 to 10, 12, 15, however big your small group is. A small group is intended to care for each other, help keep us focused, moving forward, and passionate about the race that God has called us to live. Romans 12, verse 9 and 10 says, Don't just pretend to love each other. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Verse 13 says, And when God's people are in need, be ready to help them, always eager to practice hospitality. See, we need a small group. See, our small groups here at Liberty Church do three things. They're here to connect people, to connect people to one another and connect people to God. They're here to help you grow in your relationship with God and grow and become a better person. And last but not least, definitely, our small groups are here to create a place of pastoral care. All of our small group leaders know this. You are the pastor, the shepherd of every person in your small group. You have a personal responsibility to care for them. Liberty Church outgrew Kelly and I many years ago. It is impossible for us to pastorally care for every person in this congregation. But guess what? That's why we started small groups. That's why we empowered people in our local congregation to shepherd the souls that God has entrusted to each and every one of us. Why? Because we belong to each other, right? And we read Proverbs chapter 4 last week. If a man falls and he's all alone, he is in trouble. And I share with you, my greatest concern, Kelly and I's greatest struggle, is that people come to church, but they never connect to the church. And until you connect to a small group, you never connect to the next level of real pastoral care. And let me tell you one of the greatest distinctions between being in a small group and having relationships with people that are not followers for Christ. One of the things that grieves my heart is I hear people sometimes, they're sharing their struggle and say, well, you know, but my, my mom's going through this and my dad's battling this and our family's going through this. And you hear people that don't know the Lord, this is what they say. Well, I'll be thinking about you. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, I'll be thinking about you. And when I hear somebody say that, my heart just cries out on the inside and my heart cries out, please don't think about me, please pray for me. How I many know I don't need 4,000 people thinking about me, I need somebody praying for me. And the power of a small group is all of a sudden in that small group you build relationships. They keep you focused. They keep you on point. They stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. I've never met a person that was actively involved in a small group that walked away regretting the time that they spent connecting with other people. Why? Because they came out more focused. They came out more determined. And they came out stirred up knowing that God has a purpose and a plan for them. And all the while they had somebody that loved them, somebody that cared for them, and somebody that prayed for them. Let's be honest. We're all here today because somebody prayed for us. I don't want people to think about me. I want people to pray for me. And I want to be connected to the kind of people that when all heck breaks loose in my life, there's somebody that knows how to grab hold of heaven and shake the earth through the power of prayer. And that's what happens in our small groups. You build those kind of relationships where there's this group of people around you that are living life, focusing you, challenging you, and stirring you on in the gifts and the calling that God has for your life. So let me say it again. If you're not in a small group, it's not too late. Get online. Go to the website. Find out a group. Make a phone call. Send an email. 
Do whatever you got to do. Get connected this week. Over 30-something groups, there's a place for you, I promise you. And you will not regret connecting. Why? Because we need care, we need connection, and we need to grow. And we need somebody to help us stay focused and on point. And that happens week after week as we go through that group together. It focuses our attention and he keeps us moving toward what God has for our lives. Amen? Last but not least, let's look at this third circle that we need. The third circle is a large group. It's the church. A large group is a circle of 15 or more people. We all need to be connected and accountable to a church that we regularly attend and call home. Aren't you glad to have a place you can call home? One of the favorite things that I hear when people start coming to Liberty Church, I love for people to say, you know, when I came, I just felt like I was at home. I just felt like I was at home. God wants us to have a place that we can call home, a place to connect and be accountable to the local church. It's within this circle, the local church, that we serve, that we learn more about God, and that we invite others to do the same. Acts chapter 2, look what it says. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why? Because this is a place we learn, right? We learn in roles, but we connect in circles. You send your child to kindergarten, they're going to put them in a role. You put them to junior high, they're going to put them in a role. Put them in high school, they're going to put them in a role. Put them in college and university, they're going to put them in a role. Why? Because we learn in roles. And Sunday morning we gather so we can learn and so we can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. We learn in roles. But then we connect in circles. So we see the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. The church has just been birthed. They're just launching out. They're just starting. And they're gathering together. They're devoted to the apostles' teaching. Look what it says. They're devoted to fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper. Somebody say, praise God for food. Fellowship and food, it just goes hand in hand, doesn't it? And to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs among them. Look at the last verse, verse 47. All the while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and the Lord, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved power of the local church. Think about this. At the local church, we learn. At the local church, we connect. At the local church, we fellowship. At the local church, we grow. It's a place where we serve. Let me talk to you. We have three levels of connection here at Liberty Church. We have our connection track. It's a four-week quick connect. And we want you to serve. Why? Because we read it earlier, right? You have a special function. You have a part to play in the body of Christ. And God has gifted you and God has talented you and God has anointed you, not just so you can make money and build a business, but God has gifted you and talented you and anointed you. Yes, make money, build a business, but also put your hands to the plow and be a part of what God is doing in the local church. And through our four-week connection track, it happens every Sunday during our 11 o'clock service back in the cafe area, you can get connected. And we want to help you find a place that you can serve and get on what we call our dream teams which are our volunteers that serve week in and week out. We have different schedules and different opportunities. And our goal is not to put you somewhere you hate. Our goal is to put you somewhere you love. Come on, somebody. We want to help you find a place that is uniquely shaped for your gifts and your talents and your abilities so you can serve God using the expression of who you are in Christ. We need and want you to be a part of that body. And so we do that through our four-week connection track. It's a simple four-week process. 
And then we have our Grow Track, and our Grow Track has what we call our Encounter Retreat. Grow One, it's a 10-week class. We're taking registration starting today. CB and Tracy waving everybody right up front. They're up here, awesome couple. They're leading our class. Amazing folks, you're gonna be honored just to meet them and hang out with them. They've got a heart for God, and they're gonna love you upside down, backwards, and sideways. I mean, they're amazing people. But that Grow Track is awesome because that Grow Track is gonna help you find freedom so you can pursue purpose. How many you know we all got junk in the trunk? We all got stuff that keeps us from really living the life God has called us to live through that encounter retreat. You're going to find freedom from all of those things. You're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to step into the gifts and callings that God has. And we're just going to fan the fire of God that's on your life because our greatest desire is to help you do what God called you to do. And that happens through our grow track. And then we have our small groups, which we've already talked about, which is what we call our long-term discipleship here because you never outgrow relationships. How many of you know you ought to graduate from kindergarten? You ought to graduate from elementary. You ought to graduate from junior high. And you ought to graduate from high school. And if you go to college, you ought to graduate there too. Come on, somebody. And there are graduation sessions. So we, you can graduate from Connection Track. You can graduate from Grow Track. But the one thing you never graduate from is relationships. We always need those different levels and different layers and different types of relationships. And that is formed in the context of the church. Through the large group, we connect to a small group. Through a small group, we connect to an inner circle where we can find the people that we need in our lives. Amen? Last point, here it is on your outline. Do you have these three types of circles in your life? If so, keep running. If not, what are you waiting for? If not, what are you waiting for? Get connected so together we can run in circles. I love Philippians chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. I'm just going to read those two verses to you. It says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy, Paul says, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and one purpose. Listen to what Paul says. He said, if you've gained encouragement, comfort, and strength from Jesus, he says, and I want to challenge you to do something. Take it one more step and start loving each other and start working together and become of one mind and one purpose as we build God's kingdom. So it's wonderful that you've received great things from Christ, but now it's time to take what you've received from Christ and connect it to the body so that we can work together build each other up, and reach a world that needs to know Christ. Hey, this is not about us, guys. This is about a world that's going to hell. And when the church is stronger, the world gets better because people get saved, set free, and made whole. Our world needs us to be the best we can be. And God's called us to do that. Amen? I want you just to bow your heads with me today. Two things I want to do. If you're here today and you're a believer and you're a follower of Christ, you've been born again, I want to encourage you to connect. And I don't know what level or what layer of connection you need to connect with. Start with connection track, move to grow track, get in small group. You can do them in any order you want to do them, but just get connected somewhere. Take that next step. I don't know what your next step is, but you do, so take it. Begin to serve begin to grow, begin to build relationships. We need all those different levels of relationships in our lives. Don't just come to church. Connect to the church. 
And if you're watching online in October, we're going to be launching a connection track for our online campus. We're going to create a place for you to connect and go to another level where you can begin to serve and be a part of what God is doing through our online campus. But God's got a place. We're either in purpose, person or online for every person to connect. Take that next step. The second thing I want to do is maybe you're here this morning and you realize something. Maybe you realized that you're not connected to Christ. That you're not a Christian. That you've never been what the Bible calls born again. Maybe you know about God. Maybe you've been to church on and off your whole life. But you know right now that your heart has never really changed. You're still the same old person going through maybe different motions, but your heart is just like it's always been. Here's the good news of the gospel. When you get born again, the God of heaven comes to live on the inside of you. And he changes you from the inside out. He gives you a new heart and a new nature and a new desire to follow him. And if you've never been born again, then you're missing out on the ultimate gift, which is the gift of eternal life and the gift of an intimate, personal relationship with God through His Son. So if you're here today in person or watching online and you say, Today, Pastor Keith, I want to pray. I want to accept Christ. I want to connect to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never been born again, but today is my day. If that's you, in person or online, you can just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just a simple act of faith right here. We're about to close in prayer. But if you've never been born again and today you want to pray to accept Christ, just raise your hand. If you're watching on our online campus, there's a little hand there you can click on that says, Today, I want to accept Christ. If you're watching on social media, just say, Hey, I want to accept Christ today. Make a comment. Let us know. We want to pray with you. And we're about to do that right now. Is there anyone here today that just want to raise their hand and say, Today, I want to be born again? I want to ask all of you, if you would, just to pray this prayer with me. Let's say it out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.